0: Welcome, everyone, to Celtic Preacher, Podcast 42. And today, I want to talk about uh, kind of the heart of it all, the heart of Jesus' teaching. Won't surprise you, it is love one another. But it's a particular kind of love that Jesus talks about. When he says, I want you to learn how to love one another, it's a very particular kind of love. And it doesn't necessarily come naturally to us. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have given the teaching if we could do it easily. And uh, this is a talk that I did during Holy Week on Maundy Thursday. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Holy Week, Holy Week, traditionally, is the last week of Jesus' life. The last week of Jesus' life. And again, the tradition is on the Thursday night of Holy Week. He had a Passover meal with his disciples. The text is usually John 13, Gospel of John 13. Had a last meal with his disciples, and he gave them the most important teaching. Now, he had given them this teaching many times, but you often wait and repeat your teachings over and over again just to make sure that your students have them. So this is really the heart of Jesus' message. This was his final teaching on Thursday night. It was the final lesson. He's been three years with his disciples. And tomorrow, on good, what we've come to call Good Friday, that was the day that he died on the cross, the day he was crucified, which, by the way, was a very common way to uh, put to death criminals 2,000 years ago under the Roman Empire, He dies on the Friday, but the Thursday, he has a final meal with his disciples. And it's almost like he has one last chance to say what he said many times before. But tonight, they're going to remember this teaching because it's their last night together. Now, they don't know it's their last night together yet. They won't know that until he's actually arrested. But uh, when they go back, they'll remember this because... You know how it is when someone you love dies. When someone you love dies, you go back and you remember your last conversation with them, right? What he said, what she was wearing, what was the mood, what was the last conversation, what what did we talk about? Yeah, the disciples would remember every detail about Thursday night. How could they possibly forget that? And there was another reason that they, would, they wouldn't forget this Thursday night. It was kind of shocking, kind of embarrassing. It would make them squirm a little because they had just been fighting with one another, arguing with one another, when Jesus reminded them of what was really important. So they were having this Passover meal together. And Jesus stood up unexpectedly. He took off his outer garment and he tied a towel around his waist like a waiter. When he knelt down and turn by turn, he began to wash their feet, took off their sandals. He knelt before them, washed their feet, dried their feet, took Judas' feet. right? He was the one who Jesus knew would betray him sold him out for 30 pieces of silver, told the chief priests where he was hiding. He took Peter's feet, another disciple, fully aware of the mess that he'd make of things just a few hours later, because he ended up denying he even knew Jesus several times, washed Judah's feet, knew all about the betrayal, one by one, went through all the disciples, missed no one. And when he was finished, he said, do you understand what I'm doing? Do you understand what I've just done? He says in verse 12. Well, they didn't. Not really. Not on Thursday anyway. Because what had happened was, the context is, is that they had just been, before they had dinner together, they had just been arguing about who was the greatest. Like who was the best? Who was the most important? Who was the most gifted, the most successful, the favorite one? And it wasn't the first time that they had bickered among themselves. Which is interesting, isn't it? Because there was a little bit of competition between these disciples. You know, they were very much like us today. They wanted to be right. They needed to be right. They wanted to defend themselves. They wanted to prove their point. They quarreled. They wouldn't back down. And Jesus had heard it all before, all before this Thursday night. The contest with the disciples you know winners and losers and that's when on on the heels of this argument that they had that 's when he knelt down and washed their feet and that 's when he said to them a new commandment i'm giving you I'm giving you a new way to live i 'm giving you a new way I'm giving you a new teaching it 's the most important one i 'm giving you a mandate by the way this is where we get the word Monday, Monday, Thursday, and Holy Week. Monday, the word we—that's from the Latin word—we get our word mandate. It's like, okay, what's the mandate, Jesus? What's the mandate? What's the what? What's the teaching? What's the wisdom? The mandate is, he says, new commandment is love one another as I have loved you. Now, here's what's interesting is. The love one another is, there's nothing new about love one another. Was nothing new to the disciples 2,000 years ago. Love one another was written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the disciples walked on the earth in the book of Leviticus, which is like Genesis, Exodus, like the third book in to the scriptures. So it's an ancient, ancient text. It was written hundreds of years before the disciples were born, hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Leviticus, love one another. There's nothing new about loving one another. What's new is the added pieces, Jesus tells them, of course he's telling us too, learn how to love one another as I have loved you. That's what he wants us to know as I have loved you. As I have loved you. That's what I I want you to practice. It's a particular kind of love. Now, see, generally, when we think about love, we think about being fond of someone. When we speak about loving someone... We think about delighting in someone or we, or we talk about finding someone attractive. I, I, I love this person, that I'm attracted to them. Or when we speak about loving someone, we think about those that we are emotionally attached to, special people in our lives. And this kind of love comes naturally to us when we don't learn this. You know, you do, I mean, we don't have to work on this. It's a natural response. When Jesus speaks of love, it's something entirely different. And it's not something that comes naturally and easily to us. It's very much a choice. It's got nothing to do with emotions. So anytime you hear Jesus teach about love in the New Testament, I mean, it's like, Disregard anything to do with emotion because it's got nothing to do with emotion. It's a, it's a particular kind of love and it's a choice. So he kneels down, he washes the disciples' feet. Do you understand what he just did, he said? Do you understand? You call me teacher and you call me Lord. And I am. And I knelt down and I washed your feet. Kind of shocking, isn't it? Disciples. You weren't expecting that, were you? That's the servant's job, isn't it? It's too unconventional for you, isn't it? That's what the servant does. Kind of made you a little uncomfortable, didn't it? Well, sometimes love looks like that. See, what Jesus was showing the disciples by washing their feet was, and what he's shown us basically is, is is the willingness to do for another something that you'd normally not do. Or it could be saying something that you would normally not say. But you do it, not because you feel like it, not because you necessarily want to, not because you're emotionally led to. You do it because it's the right thing to do. So it's it's love in action. And Jesus taught Many times the importance of learning how to do this, love in action. It's sacrificial, meaning it costs you something. It might not necessarily be easy. It's the kind of love, as I have loved you, it's needed, it's purposeful. It's almost like this is what needs to be done. It may be unconventional. It may be inconvenient. It may be uncomfortable for those receiving it. but it serves a higher purpose because it's, it's God's way. So he says, "Do you understand what I'm doing here? Do you understand why I've done this?" he said to his disciples. See, the thing is is that if Jesus was alive today, he wouldn't be washing our feet in the northern hemisphere because we just don't do this. We don't have servants. We don't do, do feet washing. It it, it doesn't make sense to us. It's 2,000 years later, we're in a different culture, it's a different time. There there was nothing embarrassing about the disciples having their feet washed. What was embarrassing to them was who was doing it. You see, it was normally the task of the servant. They got their feet washed every day. There's nothing unusual about that. It happened all the time. Every home they went into, somebody would wash their feet. Some servant would wash their feet. So that's not the uncomfortable part for the disciples. The uncomfortable part is, look who's doing this. Yeah, that's, this is really uncomfortable. Jesus says, do you understand what I'm doing here? Disciples, people of the way, sometimes love looks like Shocking people by your response Sometimes Love the way I have loved you Sometimes it's like you don't do the usual Sometimes you don't Follow the crowd Sometimes you're not like everyone else You know How does Jesus respond to Judas Well he washes his feet Does he deserve it? No Is he a true friend? No Does he trust him? No Judas means him harm but by washing his feet, Jesus is saying, I'm not going to be led by what people deserve. You know, you're mean to me, then I'm mean to you. You're good to me, then I'm good to No, no, no. I'm not living that way. And he's saying to us, you don't want to live that way. You want to cut your own course. Yeah, so often in our spiritual lives, we've had the call to Love. It's kind of a basic foundational piece, actually, of of, uh, the teaching. But I think we can lose sight of the meaning of love. Because love can be reduced to, well, be nice and say yes to whatever people want. And don't make a fuss. Be loving. But Jesus never, ever modeled that kind of love. Never did he model that kind of love. Jesus looked on different situations he found himself in and then he weighed up prayerfully what love should look like. What was beneficial? What was helpful? What was life-giving? It's like, what's truly needed here? Love for Jesus was looking onto a situation with what is truly needed here. So you can think about this for yourself and the situations we find ourselves in. It's a great question. What's truly needed here? What will help this situation? Not necessarily what will make it easier for me or what will make it easier for you in the sense that, you know, you don't get annoyed or what can we avoid some troubles here? No, love is what will help this situation? Now, in this particular example, John 12, he had a group of men that were unwilling to put themselves out for one another. And so he used feet washing, common courtesy in the culture, normal practice, normally done by servants. He did that as an example. So it's not that the disciples didn't know that they needed their feet washed. It was a practical necessity so they're sitting around the table and they're thinking yeah nobody's washed their feet well I'll tell you what I'm not doing it it's not my job <laughs> I'm not going to wash his feet if I washed his feet he might think he's better than me and it's not my place and I'm not his servant in fact he owes me one after how he's just argued with me and then Jesus appears and says okay <laughs> okay guys let's, let's just put the egos to the side let's go back to basics here What?" Is truly needed. Give me the towel. Give me the towel. That's what's needed. And I wonder if that's a good question to ask yourself when we when we weigh up options, you know, on how to respond to people and the requests of us. It's oftentimes people ask requests that are completely inappropriate. Or our role in the family. Uh, what is appropriate, what is not appropriate, how much to help, how how much not to help. Or what what we do in the workplace. Or how we guide children or friends. Or, you know, what is needed? What is beneficial? What is helpful? What is life-giving? That's what love looks like. It's certainly not about saying yes. Maybe... Love will be alarming for the receiver. Just like these disciples. They're shocked. It's uncomfortable. It's squirming. It's like, ugh. Maybe love will be alarming because it's unexpected. Maybe you'll be led to say, you know what, I can't help you anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't go down this path with you. Maybe love looks like, I completely disagree with this decision, it's wrong, and you're on your own. I can't be with you in this. Maybe love looks like resistance. Maybe love looks like defending someone. Love, as I have loved you. Maybe as I have loved you looks like speaking truth to a situation that hasn't heard truth For a long, long, long time. Maybe love one another as I have loved you. Looks like being true to yourself. Maybe it's being true to yourself. And not just going along to keep the peace. Which is never peace anyway. Yeah, the mandate. That's the mandate, Jesus says. Learn how to love one another as I have loved you. And for the disciples, for the students on that Thursday night of Holy Week, what we call Holy Week, really the last night before he was crucified, Jesus. For the disciples, what was needed was a little humility, guys, as was needed. How about doing what's needed rather than arguing about who's the most important one? How about some practical kindness rather than needing to be right? Right. Yeah, kindness goes a long way in God's eyes, doesn't it? That was what was needed for these first followers. Humility. Now for us, love as I have loved you might be about something else. Maybe humility isn't what's needed. Maybe it's courage. Maybe, Maybe that's what it looks like. Love, as I have loved you. Maybe it's, maybe it's courage. Maybe it's cutting your own course. Maybe it's letting go of someone or something and beginning something new. Maybe it's confronting. Love, as I've loved you. Yeah, it's almost like the heart cry is, it's almost like the prayer is, God, show me what love looks like. Because sometimes we don't know, do we? We look on situations, we look on dilemmas, we look on conflicts, and it's like, I don't know. It's almost like the prayer has to be, God, show me, show me what love looks like. What is truly beneficial? And maybe it's not about loving someone else. Maybe it's about learning how to love yourself. Maybe it's about learning how to love you. What's truly beneficial for you? What's helpful for you? That's the mandate. That's the mandate, that's the learning curve. Choosing this way always, always leads to life. Jesus' wisdom for the 21st century is always, always life-giving. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher looking at the wisdom of Jesus for the 21st century. Join with me again next week for another episode.